What is going on, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells, and it's the latest Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Getting ready for everything from NBA playoffs to fantasy baseball starting up, NFL always going on, a lot of news over the last number of weeks. It's been wild, but boys, what's going on? Selzy, you excited about your Nationals and Yankees and whatever other teams you root for? Uh, my Nationals that have won one game in the in spring training and are currently getting their ass kicked by the uh, Cardinals as we um, record this. Paul DeYoung hit like a three-run shot. I think old man Pujols hit a homer. I don't know. He did something. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't put a lot of stock into spring training records because it obviously doesn't matter. But we'll see. I mean, it's a rebuilding year for the Nats. I'm not expecting anything better than a last place finish in the NL East is good for me this year. Ryan, how you doing? You excited for your Cardinals? Albert Pujols, bro! Yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, one nice last ride with him and Wainwright and Molina all going out after this year. So it's cool they brought him back to to get the band back together for for uh, one more run. And I think they got a shot at the playoffs, a, a you know, shot at the division. We'll see. But, yeah, definitely excited uh, heading into next Thursday. Absolutely. Hey, and man, Pujols last year against lefties hit over 300, oh, yeah. like a bunch of homers. So. He's going to be the lefty platoon DH, and he's going to he, – he may have a decent year. Yeah, yeah, for you DFS folks when they're playing a lefty. Pujol, yeah. he can do worse. A lot, interesting. A lot of athletes coming out of retirement all of a sudden over the last few years. I've read – he did officially retire, right? Or was it just announced that he wasn't going to be playing at the, that, or last year was going to be his last year? But he was announcing it last season, obviously. Well, I think his contract was done and he got, remember, he got traded or what, DFA'd by the Angels and then the Dodgers picked him up and he did okay with the Dodgers. It wasn't terrible when they got him in to play. I mean, obviously they had to play him at first base because they didn't have the DH last year. Um, So, yeah, I think it was, I don't think he ever retired. And then the NLDH, everybody went, oh, Pujols could actually like, you know, get back with the Cardinals and then. That started for the first time in 11 years. He's donning a Cardinals jersey. Who's your favorite Cardinal of all time, Ryan? McGuire. That's okay. why I started liking the Cardinals. Uh, I was a midlife change. Uh, my dad was a Mets fan. I was raised a Mets fan. And then my older brother kind of started liking uh, the Bash brothers. And as a younger sibling, I followed him along, although we don't uh, share a football team. So I started liking his baseball team. And then when McGuire got traded to the Cardinals, we went with him and stayed ever since. You were a Mets fan at one point, and you when switched? I was, when I was young, yes, and then I got a little bit older. I was like, oh, this team and franchise sucks. I got to get off this sinking ship. That was such so a wait, you were a Mets fan when they were actually good in the mid-'80s, and then you switched? I mean, I was like eight at the time. Yeah, but, I mean, okay. only because my <laughs> – so when like when I wasn't old enough to like stay up to see the end of games, not that the, you know it was on TV like it was now until the playoffs, but yeah, when I was young, probably when I was I think I was like twelve or, or so when I when I started like in Oakland for a short time and then went to the Cardinals with McGuire. So I've it's been like thirty years that I've been a Cardinals fan now. Were you a Matt Morris guy? Yeah, thirty. He was the number thirty-five. I love that guy. Yeah, he was a, a pretty good fantasy pitcher, and then yeah, it kind of all fell apart at the end, but. Geez, I haven't thought about Matt Morris in a very long time. Nobody has, but he was <laughs> one of those top arms back then, and that was the first pitcher that came to mind when I started playing fantasy baseball back in the early 2000s. So that guy. I think, 
I think that's like when Wainwright started. I think like him and Matt Morris were like their two young starters. Yeah, no, Matt Morris. Were you Matt Morris guy, Sills? You ever have him uh, on your I bench? I was. I think I had him in a uh, fantasy league or two. Um, you know, it was kind of an ace or a number two type guy one or two years. Not my favorite Cardinals pitcher of all time. That's easily Bob Gibson. Um, but they actually have my most hated fantasy player of all time, which is uh, David Eckstein. I just don't like <clears throat> I just don't like watching small dudes try to play baseball. Why? Like, he was so you don't like Dave Roberts as well? It's, about, well, I don't like him for a different reason. He was like Dustin Pedroia before in the Dustin 2004 Pedroia. playoffs when he stole a base. Um, but, like, I I don't know. If he it's was on weird. the Nationals, you would like him. No, not really. <laughs> uh, as, a, as a fairly small dude myself, it's kind of weird that I don't like watching, like, the small guys play baseball. But, like, David Eckstein looked like he was going to throw his right arm from shortstop to first every time he tried to make a throw. Wait, That's you're true. short? Yes, I was shorter than you think. What? I was, I, I I was think, to... Dude. I would think Cells – I've never met Cells in person before. <laughs> I would think Cells is at least 5'10". I thought he was nope. going to be like 6'2", but he's like 5'8". I'm 5'8". Wait, well, how tall are you? 5'8 on a good day. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good Dan day. Williams lost five bucks on that bet in Vegas. <laughs> I, was, I was surprised at that one, I will say. That's the funny thing, like, when you meet these people, like, meet people at things. Like, when I went to the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton last year, it's like, you're taller than I thought, you're shorter than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Ryan, I don't think I've met you in person before. No. Maybe we were at, like, a conference. We just didn't, like, mingle or something. But when I used to cover them for for Fantasy Sports Radio. But I want to circle back to something that you guys brought up before, and that was spring training. And unfortunately, the casual audience, when they're seeing action on the field, despite what we know about what spring training is and isn't, there's always going to be that. Even in the NBA, I see it in preseason, those preseason darlings. Do you guys take what you see from the individual player in spring training that seriously? Does it make you change your personal draft target list at all based off how some of these players are performing? Not particularly. Um, what I'm using spring training for mostly is to get a feel of how a team might use a guy, right? How their lineup may shake out because about three quarters of the time, they're going to be playing mostly their starters and see where they're, they're hitting people and whatnot. I use it mostly to, to see if guys are healthy, right? Like Justin Verlander is coming back from an extended layoff. I want to see him healthy. I want to see if Noah Syndergaard is reasonably healthy. I want to see if, you know, some of these, uh, hitters coming back because as we all know these young guns can have amazing spring trainings and then not do anything like Bobby Witt right Bobby Witt Jr. was the talk of spring training last year was smoking the ball everybody was like he should have been up and then where they send him double a not even triple a they sent him to double a and then he lit the ball on fire at triple a you know Joe Adele's having an amazing year amazing spring training that's good to see because he came up and struggled and now he's back so for guys that are coming off of bad years i kind of want to see if they figured some stuff out but guys coming off of bad years who still haven't figured it out are falling off my draft board like cody bellinger not drafting cody bellinger that guy can't hit the broadside of a barn standing six feet six inches from it so that's what i'm using spring training for I'm pretty much in lockstep there. I don't put too much stock in it. 
uh, you know, especially early as you get the last couple of days before the, the season, maybe. But even then, I think the, the most players are, are kind of mailing it in because they're just ready for the season to start. But, you know, like now the pitchers are working on pitches the guys are working on, different, you know, everyone's just kind of working out kinks before it counts. So, uh, yeah, there are some things like Matt said that you can look at, but uh, for the most part, it doesn't really change my draft board very much. And for all of those out there that haven't received or gotten our Fantasy Alarm MLB Draft Guide, our living draft guide, fantasyalarm.com slash MLB Draft Guide, under $20, Howard Bender's cheat sheet, part of that. And you get everything from updated, constantly updated rankings, sleepers, busts, rookies as well. It is the guide of all guides that you need in order to crush your drafts. And we all got our drafts. Ryan, you've been in industry drafts over the last few weeks. And I'll say this. This is very interesting, too, because when it comes to a number one overall pick, especially right after Tatis got taken out of the mix, I've seen in all these industry drafts a different player going number one and other analysts that were picking around there early in these drafts saying that they would go with even other options. For instance, Juan Soto, I've seen be considered. Jose Ramirez considered as well. I've also, by the way, just saw Shohei Otani go number one overall in a league. And I mean, I don't know if you guys have in your mind a number one overall pick, a consensus one, but I've just seen it all across the board throughout our industry. Well, I think it's going to depend on league format, right? So to me, if it's a standard five by five roto, I'm going to take Trey Turner number one. He's my consensus number one in that format. I'm not even sure it's all that close. If Tatis was healthy, it'd be between him and Tatis. But obviously, Tatis is not healthy, so it's clearly Trey Turner. The guy could go for 30-40 this year and hit 300 in the middle of that Dodgers lineup. In an OBP league, I could completely see Juan Soto going number one overall because the guy has a shot to put up a 480 on base percentage this year. Like, it's insane what that guy can do in terms of walks. In a points league... I could completely see Vlad uh, Vladito, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. going number one overall, or even a pitcher for that matter, because pitchers can get as many, if not more points, depending on the format. So high stakes leagues, by the way, I just want to, if I can intervene for a second, high no. stakes league, you'll see pitchers go top three. So just so you know, In for fact, all those that look at different ADPs, you got to just remember that there are different rules for that. But often in high stakes leagues, you see pitchers going in the top three. Yeah. In fact, in a main event this past weekend, somebody double tapped the closers at the end of the, on the turn. Somebody took, it's a points league. They took Hader and Hendricks at the last pick in the first round and the first pick in the second round in a main event, like, as high stakes as you can get in a non-industry league. So, um, and in daily, in daily leagues, like leagues with daily lineup changes, I think you could get away with Shohei being a number one pick. I think you could get away with that because you're going to get his starts and DH stats just about every day. Ah, and I, and I should note that in the specific league that I saw him go number one overall, in that league, and I know different platforms, and this is something else that you all are going to have to check out. There are different Otani rules on different platforms. And in this particular league's rules, you have to declare before the game Monday, whether or not before the game action begins on Monday, whether or not for the week, Otani is a hitter or a pitcher. Okay, so that makes no sense to take him number one overall in that league. It Like in daily ones, I, you can make the argument, but for a weekly one, no. 
not for me. Wild, just crazy. I mean, this is what this is why we discuss and talk it out right now. And guys, when it comes to Ryan, I, I don't know what kind of league you prefer playing in. Do you prefer playing in leagues where it takes batting average or on base percentage into account? Because in my leagues this year, it's going to be all for the first time ever. All my leagues are OBP. Uh, I can't, you know, I don't play in a ton outside of industry leagues anymore. There's a few that I play, uh, and everything that I've done continues to play batting average. I have a lot of people who ask my advice in OBP leagues, uh, so I stay in tune for that. But uh, so far, I've still stayed on the batting average, which is fine. It doesn't really matter to me. Obviously, it changes, uh, you know, certain players' value, some by a, a decent amount, but. Uh, I'm generally a batting average kind of person. Yeah, I mean, normally I am too. I was at least. But I, I think that, and I know that some cases intentional walks aren't, but I, I feel like being able to, you know, play your game at the plate should account for something. You know, you're not, you're still getting on base, even if it is a cheap way or two every so often with getting intentionally walked. So I'm fine with OBP. And sells. Let me ask you this, because for also for the first time for me, I'm in a league that has quality starts as a category over wins. I've never actually played in a league as such before. I mean, what are some of the differences that you find when it comes to your draft strategy when looking at quality starts versus wins? So let me preface this by saying I am not a fan of the quality start switch for leagues. I understand it. But at the same time, you're still you're actually um, still dealing with a massive amount of randomness with pitchers. If you're trying to get away from the randomness of wins, quality starts doesn't help you. Here's why. Wins, in order for a pitcher to get a win as a starter, they have to pitch at least five innings and have their team be leading when they come out of the game and then the game can't be tied again, right? That's how a pitcher is going to get a win. If you're a reliever, you can get a win by simply coming in and let's say you come into a losing game or a tight game. If the team takes the lead while you're, you know, before any other pitcher takes them out, you get the win. So, yes, with relievers, it's random. Starters, okay. I understand people not liking it because nobody goes five innings anymore. All right. Well, quality starts to get a quality start if you don't know. A pitcher's got to go six innings and give up three or fewer earned runs. Okay, but if your problem is that pitchers aren't going six innings anymore, pitchers are only going four and change or five, nobody gets quality starts unless they're aces. Here's my other problem with it. Going six innings and giving up three earned runs gives you, if you did that in every single start of the season, you know what your ERA would be? Four and a half. That's not quality. That's craptastic, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> right? So, like, if you have a guy with a four and if you're if you're looking at a pitcher with a projected four and a half ERA, you're like, I'm not going to draft this guy. There are dudes with still in the upper threes that I could take. So why are we going to a format that rewards a guy for putting up a start in which he gave up a four and a half ERA? If we're going to do quality starts, I think as a stat, it needs to be six innings and two earned runs or seven innings and three earned runs. Because the six and three doesn't really, I mean, it it doesn't really help. But 
So I, I'm not a big fan of the quality start. Also, that means relievers have no role because if you're not playing in a holds league and you're not play, and you're only getting saves, middle relievers who can be valuable assets in fantasy baseball now no don't have any value except for ratios and strikeouts. So that's that's kind of my thoughts on the quality start there. Yeah, that was my biggest thing was with the specialization of pitchers just increasing by the year, even getting six innings is getting to be more difficult. I mean, outside of the top 40 pitchers, maybe 50, most of the guys after that don't ever, almost ever go six innings. So I I think it's, you're right. Okay. So wins aren't the best uh, judge, but I think quality starts is worse. Uh, I, I don't understand the, the move to it. And I think it's something that's going, the industry is going to undo probably fairly quickly. While I think OBP might become more of a standard, I think quality starts, I think it's going to kind of fade away pretty much for every reason that matches that. Yeah. By the way, the AL Cy Young award winner last year, Robbie Ray, you want to take a guess as to, he had 32 starts, won the AL Cy Young award. How many quality starts did Robbie Ray have? Under 20. 23, and he was second in baseball. Not just the AL, second in baseball. So, um, you know, it goes to guys who can go deep into games, okay? But there's only um, – how many dudes – I'm looking at uh, the stats right now, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight total pitchers last year across all of baseball that got 20 or more quality start well then i'm in this keeper league here where i'm taking over a team why even think about keeping pitching then in a league like this because you still need the era you still need the strikeouts i mean and they're on your roster you have to punt quality starts i mean you can punt saves but you can't punt quality starts right but i can i could go into the draft and try to get a few innings eaters no you could, but the the question becomes, are people going to naturally keep the the innings-eating type pitchers? Right. Which right. then dries up the pool in the draft. Like, for instance, and, and this is where the conversation began, the theme of today's podcast, is that I'm entering this keeper league, and I have not played in a baseball keeper league in a very long time. Normally just play in redrafts, and that's it. But we had actually a Family Times Listener League, I believe, two years ago that I came in second place in the Roto League. And someone final week, it was crazy. The standings just completely went upside down in the final week. It's normally you got a few teams towards the top and then the bottom feeders. But, man, wild variance. But I could keep four players. And one of the keepers that I was considering was Brandon Woodruff in the fourth. But the problem is, I keep Trey Turner in the fourth, and I really feel like I can't turn that down. Yeah. 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 I agree. You gotta get I love that. that. You both <laughs> agreed at the same time. It's a mitzvah right there. Yeah, you can't. There's as much as Woodruff would be a guy, and I don't have last year's in front of me, but I bet he had. He had a, I was going to say he had a bunch of quality starts. Start. There's no way you can let Trey Turner go in the fourth. He's no. really, if he's not number one, he's If I just made three. the argument to you to draft him number one overall in basically any format, then keeping right. him in the fourth round, not fourth overall, fourth round is an absolute steal. Yeah. I mean, seriously. What about, here's somebody else, and I've been seeing a lot of keeper questions and stuff regarding this guy very much on the cheap. What are your expectations for Austin Riley? 
I, I think he's got it. I hope it took him a little while to figure it out. So that's, I was hair of hesitation uh, that he might regress to the free swing strikeout machine that he was when he first came up. I'm hoping because I, I kind of like the guy that last year was him figuring it out. Uh, I won't say that I have, I have say I've drafted him on several teams, uh, but I do not have a hundred percent confidence. I'd say 65 to 70% confidence that he figured it out, but I am still concerned that, some pitchers are going to be like, hey, this guy used to swing at everything, and we're going to go back to 215 strikeouts. Yeah, I'm kind of there with Ryan. It's, it seems like the industry as a whole is kind of mixed on Austin Riley as to whether there's a bunch of regression there or only some regression there. Um, as a prospect, I deemed him the heir apparent to Chipper Jones, and yes, I deemed him the heir apparent to a Hall of Famer and one of the best third basemen ever. Um, but his profile matched that, and I think he figured it out. I don't think there's any concern about that lineup at this point because they swapped Freddie Freeman for Matt Olson, which is like 2A and 2B of the first baseman uh, market, and now we got news that Acuna's back in like the end of April to DH. So Alex Anthopoulos, by the way, the GM of the Braves, actually broke that on Fantasy Alarm on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And other websites, they freaking quoted it wrong, and it pissed me the hell off. But it was on Fantasy Sports Radio, not the baseball channel, on the Fantasy Channel, because Anthopolis came on and gave he gave everything, all the information. I've been hearing these interviews that Jim Bowden and Howard Bender bring us for years and on Sirius XM. And normally you get, okay, maybe one or two little pieces. Anthopolis, I replayed most of it on Alarm After Hours because it was just one after another good pieces of info for the fantasy player. And he, the first thing he talked about was the Acuna timetable. He broke that on the show. Yes, he did. So in terms of a lineup around him, I think he's still going to be in the heart of a very deep lineup getting things to, to hit. And let's face it, you're getting to keep him in the 20th round. That's certainly worth a shot on a guy like Austin Riley, who could, if he repeats last year, easily top 30 homers. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say this, to, and then we'll go to the family table. You know what? I'm actually going to – let's go to the family table here, and let's talk about what we're bringing to the table because this has been an excellent discussion. And then maybe what we do, guys, and you can tell me if you think this is crazy, maybe we can try to figure out a way to meet early in the week to do one more baseball primer. I've enjoyed – this conversation very much with you guys. And with that, here's what I'm bringing to the table. Baseball is not my favorite sport. Baseball's <laughs> probably, when it comes to overall, 3A, 3B, or rather it's probably my third favorite sport at this point. But I'll say it, damn it, as much as I love basketball and as much as I love fantasy football, there's nothing like being live at a baseball game. And I just want to say that I think that being at a baseball game, baseball games are the best sporting event to be at live. You don't, you could be locked in on the game, but then there's enough downtime where you could enjoy the atmosphere around you, the freaking smell of hot dogs and everything at the ballpark. Something very traditional about that. And even when you would go to places like Wrigley over the last number of years, you'd still feel like, wow, this is what my grandpa was doing in like 1920. And I like that old school feel and that traditional sports feel that being at a baseball game has. 
It's also the only one that you can walk away with a souvenir you didn't have to pay for. <laughs> Hockey, you can as well. The puck, yeah, but there's a higher chance you get facial damage from getting hit with the puck rather than a bait. I mean, baseball, you could see it coming from a lot further away, I guess, if you're paying attention to the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, ba- the, the fact that you can chase down a, a foul ball, my dad several years ago finally caught his first foul ball, and he's <laughs> in his 60s now. Finally caught his first foul ball, and the smile on his face when he caught it was like he had gone back to being like eight years old. Like, it was amazing. Um, I'm going to stay on a, same, on a similar route here with um, fantasy baseball for my family table. And I'm going to crap all over points leagues, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Wow. Um, I know that people are fans of them because of fantasy football. Right. Nobody plays a head. Nobody plays a roto or a categories fantasy football league. Everybody plays points in fantasy football. I was I'm okay. gonna interrupt you for one second. I played one and it was awful and I'll never do it again. <laughs> go ahead. Back to you. <laughs> so right, there you go. Here's my problem with points leagues and fantasy baseball. Fantasy base baseball teams are not built on guys doing one particular trait well they're built on dudes who can do a bunch of different things and they mix together and they they make a team that wins right look at how balanced the dodgers and the braves were last year hence the reason they went deep into the playoffs right so points leagues in fantasy baseball i get it people get bored with roto and you think if you're out of it early then you're out of it that's not the case i have come back from the bottom half of my home league team their home league multiple times and that's a league that's essentially a draft and hold if you draft properly and your guys turn it around which generally happens you can make up ground in roto leagues it's not that hard to do points leagues make you artificially favor only about a quarter of the player pool, right? For example, I had a guy in Discord about an hour ago ask me who I would take. Um, would I take Woodruff over Albies or Bieber over Albies? And I said, you probably got to take Woodruff and Bieber in a points league because they're worth more, which sucks because Albies a 25-20 second baseman who's going to hit 280. But in a points league, he's worth not very much because steals apparently don't count for anything in points leagues. So I get it. We all kind of get busy with lives and whatever, but Roto accounts for everything that a baseball player has to bring to the table to get on the field regularly. Sure. There are guys like Nelson Cruz that just sit there and hit home runs, right? But he's also got a high batting average. He also walks. Doesn't have to play defense anymore because the dude's 41 years old. But the guy helps you in multiple categories. Okay? So points leagues just don't have any basis for for actuality in fantasy baseball. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just done with the points league thing. The fact that you can't focus on Trey Turner because his 40 steals don't get you very much is freaking ludicrous to me. Trey Turner is a top three player in baseball, and the fact that you can't take him in the top five in a baseball league 
because he's not worth very much is is just frankly stupid. I'll disagree. Uh, you can make your point system whatever you want. You can make it so steals actually do something. And uh, my counterpoint was I don't want to take Miles Straw in the eighth round because he might steal 35 bags when he's not going to do anything else. Or Billy Hamilton lived in Roto Leagues forever because he hit 198 but stole 40 bases. I don't like that aspect of Roto League. So I'll, that's my rebuttal to yours. And we both, it's both valid. It's your opinion and my opinion. Uh, and neither one is wrong, but that's what I, that's how I got away from Roto League. So I, I don't want to, and then you have to have three closers or you have to, like, you, then no, you have to start don't. pacing. I punt, saves, I punt saves every year in my home league. I punt them every, you know what I did? I didn't even draft a closer last year. In the very last pick on my bench, I took Ian Kennedy, who, by the way, was the third bullpen option in Texas and just so happened to wind up as their closer. And I got enough to do okay. But you don't have to draft saves. In a points league, if you don't draft saves, you're screwed because saves are worth as much as a win. And you're going to get three saves a week compared to one win a week, maybe. And so you're focusing on closers, of which there's about seven who will hold their job the whole year. And you're focusing on dudes who hit 40 bombs. And that's about it. So I mean, that's what baseball's really, become, right? If you really want to focus on the guys that have better slugging, change batting average to slugging in a roto, which takes into account, or OPS, better yet. Then you get walks. You get doubles, triples, homers, singles. They, it accounts for everything a guy does in a batter's box, right? And if you don't want steals, okay, punt steals. So don't invite sales to points league, everybody. That's the, the, uh, the moral I, of the story. I didn't want to intervene because, Ryan, I, I was very interested in your opinion being that you're in the Tout Wars head-to-head league. <laughs> points league. You're in that head-to-head league. And I mean, people enjoy it. I'm not saying they don't. I've gotten seven questions today about points <laughs> league. But it's just... Cells, can I tell you one one thing why you should relish in it a little bit? It's because you get part of that football audience. You want the sport of fantasy baseball to be existent and while it won't be as popular as football ever 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 at the same time having people bringing that casual audience in i feel like and easing that transition to the least bit possible i think can help the industry i'm in a, ready for this i'm in an offense only league no pitching whatsoever you can use That's players fine. You can use players a certain, like, I believe it's 20 times max for season. We set our lineups every week, and we can only use a player, like, 20 times max. So there's, but, like, six weeks that you can't use a guy like Trey Tone. Right. So okay. pretty much, but, it, again, it's a way to bring in a new sector of the audience, and I'm always fine with just, again, trying to keep the popularity that these other fantasy sports are hanging on to relevant. Right, but my point is if you want an easy-to-pick-up league, what are the most common stat lines shown for baseball players? They're the standard Roto 5x5 five right. five stat lines for pitchers and hitters, right? So if you want a casual person who doesn't know what the hell they're doing, join a Roto league. You have every website shows. In fact, the stat tables on Fantasy Alarm are specifically geared to the first five columns or the Roto 5x5s, and then the additional ones are next to that. So they can find the stats of the players. They don't have to sit there and go, oh, this guy hit 280, but that doesn't actually tell me anything because how many hits did he have 
because that's X number of points. And like for football, we're all geared towards a hundred points or a hundred yards is 10 points, right? It's very simple for baseball. It's not even default scoring, right? Because Yahoo, that, that is Yahoo, my one pet peeve is there's not, there's not right. default. Yahoo scoring. is two point something points for a single five point. I think it's two, seven for a single five, four for a double eight, six for a triple and like 10 and a half for a homer. What the hell is that? Then you go to fan tracks and they've got a completely different system. And then you go to CBS and they have a different system. And cells, cells a- let me stop you there. Cells don't go to fan tracks. <laughs> I'm just saying a lot of people yeah, do. Cells don't go to fan tracks. I get it. But to me, if you want plug and play casual fans, go give them the league that has the most accessible stat lines. Not one they have to have an abacus or a spreadsheet <laughs> to go. Trey Turner in a in a roto league is the number one guy but in a points league he's like 15th because his deals suck so like, since we're, we're never going to get sponsored by fan tracks i will say that i got invited to a, a, a league with the fighting chance fantasy folks since i was there and i was like oh sure why not and they were like oh it's on fan tracks i'm like god damn it no yeah. oops <laughs> dang we ruined our sponsorship with fan tracks dang <laughs> or yeah okay it's family times here this is what we do we hang out with the family I just like ryan brought anything to the table well, I'm just going to uh, – all I was going to do oh, is just my go bet. off of yours. And since this is like the last weekend before drafts, and we've all said this before, read your rules before the draft, everybody. And if it's, this conversation didn't just prove it to you, uh, I know it's kind of a lame way to end, but clearly there's different rules in fantasy baseball in different leagues with keepers and scoring and whatever else. So uh, I might not be – I might not practice what I preach all the time, but <laughs> read your rules before you draft – there's the guy that walked into Otani for two bucks because he didn't know he could pitch. <laughs> and, and I got him in the other one for 27, not knowing that I got him both ways. Sells, sells. I bring him on. I bring Ryan on alarm after hours. We build in Pemba even. In Pemba, building up Ryan's narrative, doing a great job. And then Ryan could have just taken it to the moon, been like, ha, I got all those analysts. And instead, he comes on the air and goes, yeah, I actually didn't know that, too. And I was like, game's over. Fries are done. Like, <laughs> got to be honest. Please. <laughs> like, like, I know that you got to be honest. And that's why, Ryan, that's why we love you so much, because you're just an honest dude. And you know what? You're a good friend. And Sells, you're a good friend, too. And. That's why we have family times, and that's why we hang out with all of you, our family members, as well. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Fighting Chance for Ryan, at The Salesman for Sells. I'm at Fence D Sports. We'll be back next week. Give a final fantasy baseball preview for all of you here. It's the Family Times Podcast. Always dominate because there isn't any other option altogether. We will win. <laughs>